0: Hello and welcome to the My Heart and Mind podcast, where it's all about creating the feel-good mindset so you can make the most of every moment and reap the benefits of getting the most happiness out of life. And now, over to your host, Sally Crawley. Hey there, wonderful people. Thank you for joining me today for episode one, the first proper episode of the My Heart and Mind podcast. The title of today's show is Acceptance and Breath an undervalued well-being tool as i said i really do appreciate you taking the time to listen today and the topic i'm going to be talking about is acceptance and emotional well-being it's about embracing yourself and your life after i had my heart attack i found it quite difficult to accept what was happening to me so i believe that having acceptance is one of the key factors of emotional recovery after an event You will learn by listening with me today and in future episodes to accept the situation, to accept yourself, accept what was before and what is now, along with any limitations or changes that there may be. Hopefully, as we discuss further acceptance, you'll begin to know that different is good, if not better sometimes, and to know that even change changes, and there is always a new normal just around the corner. Is there ever anything like normal, though? Acceptance of the situation, myself, my body, and what was and what is not now, actually was a really important thing for me. And one of my favourite sayings at the time was, It is what it is. As I began to use that more, I began to accept the situation better. In positive psychology, self acceptance is considered a requirement for change to actually occur. It can be achieved by stopping criticising any defects that you have and any shortfalls in your life. And after you've had a real shock like a heart attack or cardiac arrest, it actually does feel like there are defects perhaps in your body, in your life and in your world. In my mind, acceptance is about acknowledging that you and your situation is perfect in its imperfections. You are of unique worth. Self-acceptance, though, is thought to be necessary for good mental health and emotional well-being. So are you ready to jump into today's show? Okay. so acceptance, as I've mentioned, it is about embracing yourself and your experience. And I thought what I'd do is I'd look up in a dictionary some of the definitions of the word acceptance. And then I'll share with you how I apply them to the emotional recovery after a heart health issue. So, first of all, using the UK dictionary definition, A, it means a general agreement that something is satisfactory or right, or that someone should be included in a group. B, the act of agreeing to an offer, plan or an invitation. And C, the fact of accepting a difficult or unpleasant situation. When your life changes, it can often be difficult to move forward. A key factor is about having acceptance of the situation in yourself. In positive psychology, I said that self-acceptance is needed for change to occur. And it is really about stopping the criticism of your life and finding fault as you go along. Reflecting on those definitions of the dictionary, I think that all three definitions play their part in recovery and living with heart disease or a cardiac event. So my first take on A would be, it's having that feeling that your life is right for you right now, or at least satisfactory. You can't change the fact that you have experienced an issue with your heart. Your life will be different, and it can be as good, if not better. I can even stretch the meaning to accepting that you are now part of a new group of people that are survivors and thrivers. So how does that fit for you? The next definition of acceptance, this is my take. Acceptance after a heart-related health issue is about agreeing with yourself and your healthcare professionals a plan that you will accept and will live with. To enable you to continue being a thriving survivor. This is both in lifestyle changes and in mental attitude. So you can see that acceptance for me is a really valuable part of healing the mind as the body recovers. And thirdly, for me this one's the real full fit, accepting the unpleasant or difficult situation. Well, hell yeah, we don't want to know that our body is not what it was before. We may want to fight against the unfairness of having to take medication, change our lifestyles, or even that we survived when others didn't. So for me, in my mind, it's about acknowledging that you and your situation is perfect in its imperfections. You are unique. Self-acceptance is thought to be necessary. And it is a very good place to start during your physical and emotional well-being recovery. So for a while after my heart attack, I was in denial of the situation. I wasn't educated enough to know the full impact on my body, my mind or my life. Like many of you, I'm sure I had spent my whole life believing I was invincible. Then I had a heart attack. I felt betrayed by my body and I could no longer trust it or myself. It took me three days of having what I thought was heartburn before I actually sought out medical help because I couldn't believe anything serious would happen to me. After my diagnosis and the treatments, I was fearful and I was miserable. I had to try and hide it and pretend everything was all right when really I was fighting myself and my situation. I wanted everything to be normal. I had mood swings from tears to feelings of exaltation. I was fearful and I had little trust in myself or my future. I just couldn't understand the changes I was going through either. I stopped liking red wine and coffee. My daughter will tell you they are my signatures. And I wanted to feel safe and comfortable in my life, something that I had lost. Then I worked it out. And I worked out that I needed to accept myself, accept my new life, and my body as it was with its extra added bits. I also had to accept how my health and my recovery impacted on others too. So why? Why am I focused on acceptance as one of the important parts of our recovery? So what are the benefits of having an acceptance mindset? I think one of the big ones is about a regulation of your moods. It helps decrease symptoms of anxiety and depression and the fear of failure, and I had quite a bit of that after my heart attack. There is less desire to win the approval of others by pretending everything is okay. When I couldn't do the things that I used to, as I'm sure that many of you have found, there was less self-critique and much more self-kindness. Having an acceptance mindset can mean an increase in your positive emotions, a heightened sense of freedom and more independence. Your self-worth and self-esteem will rise and you'll get more desire to live your life for yourself and not for others. Acceptance will also help you to be able to take more educated risks with confidence. You'll also have less worry about the consequences of your actions. So my mission in general is to help you with your emotional rehabilitation after a cardiac event. I want to give you tips, tricks, ideas and things that you can actually use in your life that will make a real difference to the way that you feel. I really want you to feel good now. So. I've talked a bit about acceptance, and in the coming episodes, I'm going to share with you some of those tips and tricks and ideas and downloads, um, some of the ways that you can help move yourself into acceptance. It might be through listening to others' experiences. It might be finding out facts and information and ideas that you can try out and apply to help you move into acceptance in your own life and of your own situation. Some of the things that we're going to be talking about will be about affirmations, perhaps the attitude of gratitude. We're going to be talking about breath work. In fact, today is going to be one of the episodes where we talk about breathing. What about comparisonitis? That's not very good. It's actually one of those things that mean that we haven't accepted ourselves. I'm going to tell you all about feel good files, journaling, meditation, how to increase your self worth. Smiling, laughter, understanding what change is and where you fit in with that. And I will also talk to you about writing your own story. So, what can I give you as a practical example today about breath? So, as I said, it is actually a very undervalued well-being tool. It's so easy to use, but many of us don't think about it, particularly when we're feeling very stressful or anxious. Yes, we all need to breathe to continue being alive. But did you know it can also affect how you feel? After I had my heart attack, which was while I had my leg in plaster, having had a ruptured Achilles tendon, I found that I was in a permanent state of anxiety. This increased when eight weeks after my heart attack, I had a cancer diagnosis. I didn't think it could get any worse. And when I thought about the future, It felt like I had no life. It felt like I had no future. That was the time that I actually used my breath work as one of the techniques to bring me into the now and to accept where I was at that moment of time and to calm myself. When I was discharged after my heart attack and I was at home, I began to experience uncontrollable breathlessness. While I was in hospital, I hadn't experienced it at all, even though everybody kept asking me when I got home, it increased or started and then increased and I found it really, really difficult. That was when I decided to use the seven eleven breathing technique to reduce the panic and regulate my breathing. Calming me down and focusing on counting helped. Using your simple breath, you can create a change of mental, emotional and physical state diaphragmatic breathing can lower your heart rate and your blood pressure so that's a really good thing for all of our hearties that we are it can also increase blood oxygen levels you will become better able to accept and see situations as they really are rather than letting things run out of control in your mind so talking about breath why and how does breathing affect our minds and our bodies? Well, you probably heard about the fight, flight or freeze response. This is our survival mode and it fills our bodies with hormones such as adrenaline and cortisol that allow us to act quickly, think quickly and react quickly. It is really useful when faced with a giant woolly mammoth. Our cells can become addicted to these high energy chemicals though and this can be a cause of feelings of stress, anxiety and the inability to cope. One way to reduce and reverse these states of tension, stress and anxiety can be by deep breathing. It's a habit and it will trigger the parasympathetic nervous system. By activating the parasympathetic nervous system, you can experience relaxation, rest and digest mode, which is the opposite of the fight, flight or freeze. It's responsible for controlling homeostasis. The balance and maintenance of your body that goes on without you knowing by the use of your unconscious mind. It restores your body to a state of calm and allows it to relax and repair itself. So let's do a little demonstration. I'd just like you to close your eyes, that is if you're not driving a car, running or doing something that actually means that you could have an accident or do something dangerous. Or maybe you want to just pause this here and then give this a try when you are somewhere safe and comfortable. But if you've just closed your eyes for a few moments, I'd like you to just listen to what I have to say. So what I'd like you to do is just imagine that it's at dusk and the light is drawing in. It's very hard to see and you're not really sure of the place that you're at. But you are outside and you're walking in a very strange, different place. You're walking alone in a dark area with no houses. There's no streetlights. And you don't have your mobile phone to light your way or even call for help. In the distance, you can hear the sound of a group of people. They sound quite worrying. They're heckling each other. And it sounds like they are shouting at each other and some of them are very angry. You can hear them getting closer and closer and you can hear the sound of metal on railings and it's getting much louder with much laughter that sounds quite sinister. As you carry on walking quite quickly I would guess very fast. You are now entering an area of brightly lit streetlights. You can see brightness and clarity and you begin to recognise some of the landmarks. You can see other people and there are houses too. Bright lights, bright sunshine, everything is open and it doesn't feel like there is anything to worry about. And most likely as I've been telling this story, at the beginning. You would have taken a sharp intake of breath or have started breathing quite shallow. This would have triggered the part of your fight, flight or freeze response from the sympathetic nervous system. As adrenaline and cortisol begin to course through your body to save you. But as I carried on and you came into the light, most likely you will have all exhaled. Slowly and deeply. Dropping your shoulders down and reducing the speed of your walk. It's the long, slow breath out that will trigger the parasympathetic nervous system response and you will feel calmer and more confident. You may even feel a bit silly. So hopefully that will have explained to you how we can impact on the nervous system and the parasympathetic nervous system particularly and build that into calming ourselves in everyday life. But I mentioned diaphragmatic breathing. It's also known as deep breathing or abdominal breathing. So this is what you need to do if you'd like to experience it. First of all, get yourself comfortable in a sitting upright position, looking straight ahead, or you could be lying down flat. You can close your eyes if it helps you concentrate. And I want you to put one hand on your chest and the other hand on your tummy, just below your belly button. The idea is that breathing should come from your diaphragm, from your belly. This means that as your body rises and falls as you breathe, your hand on your tummy should move before the hand on your chest. Not massively, just slightly. So once you're laying or sitting comfortably, I'd like you to put your hand on your chest, one on your belly, and then breathe out gently and effortlessly at the same time as counting to 11. Now don't worry if you feel that you can't get to 11. 11's just a number that you'll understand I use because it's longer than the first in-breath. So when you've counted all of your breath out, just wait for a second or two until you spontaneously begin to breathe in. Don't fight it, this will occur naturally. So, as I've said, you may not get to number 11. Allow the air to flow naturally in again until it stops again on its own accord, possibly around the count of seven. Make no effort to deepen the inhalation. Just allow your body to find its own natural rate of breathing and permit yourself to relax into a rhythm. Making sure as you're breathing and counting that your tummy, your diaphragm is moving with each breath that you take. That's right. So, to get the best results of bringing you into the now and to allow you to actually start acceptance rather than fighting everything that comes along, i would recommend that you do this for 5 minutes at a time 5 minutes twice a day if you can and remember what i said i use 711 as a, just as a guide if you find 5 and 9 works better for you go ahead use it find your own rhythm so it's going to be a bit difficult because how do you know how long 5 minutes is i'd like you to do this regularly once or twice a day take 5 minutes each day just to breathe. It helps when you want to change the state you're in. For example, if you're angry, frustrated, anxious or worrying, just doing some breathing will help. And it's the same if you have palpitations or a racing heartbeat. Sometimes this can be a vicious circle, but if in any doubt whatsoever, get it checked out, get medical advice and support. But by taking a few minutes to just calm, calm, and gently breathe, it can make the huge difference that it made to me while I was feeling breathless. So to help you with the five minutes timer, I will put a link in the show notes that will give you a piece of music that is five minutes long. It's called a breath of time and it will help you with your breathing and give you some rhythm and a timer. Just start it, listen to it and after five minutes, get on with your daily life. What excuses are you going to have? What are the barriers that are going to get in the way? Well, you could find that there's a couple. But for now, you could find yourself thinking, it makes me dizzy. So if it makes you dizzy, I want you to stop and I want you to breathe normally. You might want to gently try again and adjust the lengths of the breath to suit you. Because it's not a forced effort. It's just gentle. And don't worry. There is no perfect other than your imperfections of who you are, the unique, amazing you. Take it at your own pace and make sure that you practice while you are either sitting or lying down. Another barrier will be, I don't have time. Well, five minutes is just a fraction of your day. Five minutes in the evening, five minutes in the morning. You are worth it. Just to have that five minute break, a mini holiday, a mini calm downness. The other thing is I will forget. Gosh, the number of times I have forgotten to do things. After all these years, I realise that I have to do things like set a reminder on my phone, on my tablet, maybe ask Alexa to set me a reminder on my Outlook, on my desktop. The other thing that is key to actually helping you not to forget something is to add it to an existing habit, like do it after you've cleaned your teeth. Clean your teeth in the morning and then take five minutes on the edge of the bed. Clean your teeth in the evening and take five minutes before you go to sleep. Or maybe when you take your medications, I'll leave it to you because you know that the habits that you've got that are the ones that are going to work. So just a quick recap. What I'd like you to do is remember it is simple. It's more difficult to explain than it is to actually do it. So if I just quickly go through this, get comfortable. Close your eyes. One hand on your chest, the other hand on your belly button just below. Check your breathing. The hand on your stomach should just move first. Then breathe out. Gently and effortlessly to around the count of 11. Wait and then breathe in naturally to around the count of 7. Allow your body to find its natural rate of breathing. And relax into your own rhythm. So, that wraps it up for today. I'll make sure that all the instructions are in the show notes along with the link to the piece of music. So thank you very much for coming with me. As the beat goes on, together we can love the life we live. Thank you. And just remember, it really helped me if you'd subscribe to this podcast and definitely share it with anybody that you know. So next week, what are we going to be talking about? Um, I'm going to be talking about another one of my six stages of mindset, following on with energy. Energy, self-care, getting a passion and a zest for your life. It will help you to gain energy to fuel your new life and any recovery that you need. This is your physical, mental and emotional well-being. In this instance, I'm talking about emotional energy. It has been found to influence decision making, thought processes, memories and present experiences. So thank you once again. And remember, you can always find me and join the group on Facebook. It's the My Heart and Mind podcast group. Hope to see you over there soon. Thank you. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Sally Crawley and the My Heart and Mind podcast, a show for you if you've had a heart attack, cardiac event, or other life-changing experience and want to feel good. It's all about mastering your feelings and emotions so you can feel great and live the life you love. To find out more, visit www.myheartandmind.co.uk And note that that's an A-N-D and not the ampersand character. Go be magnificent.